The New York Rangers go into the break on a high note, defeating the Vegas Golden Knights by a final score of 4-1 on the strength of an outstanding performance by Yaroslav Halak. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 760 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. We got a very special uh, Friday night edition here of Locked On New York Rangers. And got to, you know, kick off today's proceedings by talking about Yaroslav Halak, who I thought was absolutely outstanding in this game has really uh, turned a corner, turned his season around, and uh, really becoming one of the reasons when he plays why the Rangers are winning games. He's not just giving them a chance. He's one of the key reasons, uh, at least in some of these recent showings, for Yaroslav Halak. So we're certainly going to talk about him and the work that he did. Uh, also going to talk about the Rangers closing with some authority, finding a way to get the job done in the third period. You know, it was a close game throughout. Uh, highlight real goal by Filipito, and then the Rangers uh, sealing the deal with an empty net goal. So going to get to all that. Also going to continue to talk about Will Cooley. This was his uh, first home game as a member of the New York Rangers, and he got into a fight and I believe, you know, through two games, small sample size. He's not getting a ton of ice time, but uh, so far, so good. Rangers are kind of easing him in, and uh, he has thus far shown that it certainly looks like he belongs at the NHL level. So, a lot to do here, but first of all, let's go ahead and start with Yaroslav Halak. We, we can't start anywhere else. Once again, he was tremendous in this game, really kept the Rangers in it early. Uh, so, this was interesting, and maybe this is part of the reason why Halak started this game. And we will talk about the decision uh, of Gallant and this coaching staff to go with Yaroslav Halak here. But coming into this game against Vegas, uh, Halak 5-0 with a goals against average of 177, a save percentage of 948. And the good times pretty much just kept on rolling for Yaroslav Halak in this one. 33 saves on 34 shots. And I had not really uh, considered the possibility of Yaroslav Halak starting this game uh, the way I saw it. I mean, the Rangers, they've got this nine-day break ahead of them, and the Rangers' previous couple of games, you know, they were spaced out enough where you really didn't need to start Yaroslav Halak in any of these games. You could have just gone with Igor. You know, this week, the Rangers played on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They didn't have any back-to-backs. They were playing mostly good teams, and so, you know, for this game against Vegas, I just figured the Rangers would go with their top goalie. Uh, knowing very well that they have a nine-day break ahead of them, and uh, Igor can get all the rest he needs during that time. Um, I guess one of the drawbacks to doing that, though, would be the Yaroslav Halak. You know, if he didn't start this game here tonight, he would have gone a long, long, long time between games. And I don't think you want that to happen to any of your goalies. Look, I get the idea. You want to go with the team that gives you the best chance to win, but Halak's played very well recently. And if he doesn't play in this game tonight— his last game before this one was on January 16th. The Rangers don't play again until February 6th, and you know Igor is going to start that game. So the earliest possible time that Halak would have gotten back out there would have been February 8th uh, at home against the Vancouver Canucks. So, I mean, you're looking at, you know, at least three weeks, and that's assuming that Halak starts that game against the Canucks, which there's no guarantees of that either. So I, I think probably uh, from Gallant's perspective and the coaching, you know, Benoit Lair, the, the entire coaching staff, probably thinking, okay, let's get this guy a game and uh, not put him on ice for, you know, three weeks or longer. And, um, you know, maybe he comes back and he's not as sharp as he had been. 
Uh, so from that point of view, uh, it does make at least some sense. I, I don't know that I would have done that because I just love the idea of going into this break with a win against a good team. And I think obviously Igor gives you the best chance of that happening. But uh, I can also understand the other side of the argument as well. And clearly it paid off for the Rangers because uh, Halak, like I said, not just giving the Rangers a chance in this game, the main reason why the Rangers won this game. He was the number one star, once again, stop 33 of 34 shots. And uh, something that really stood out to me was after this game, you know, the Rangers win. They're all congratulating each other, you know, fist bumps and hugs and the whole nine yards. Uh, you could really tell uh, how happy his teammates were for him after this. And you could also tell uh, how appreciative they were uh, because he saved their bacon early in this game. He kept them in this game in the first period where the Rangers were scuffling a little bit, giving up a ton of odd man rushes in the early goings. And I think the Rangers were very, very uh, well aware of that fact that once again, Halak was the key reason why they won this game. But, you know, Igor had a big smile for him. Uh, Mika had a big hug for him. Just good stuff all around. And it, it goes back to something that we've talked about on here from time to time. Very tight-knit bunch in that Ranger locker room. And uh, just one of the reasons why it's so easy to like this team. And it's so easy to uh, you know root for them and want them to do well. And, hey, ultimately win a Stanley Cup because that's what it's all about. But uh, as far as Yaroslav Halak, you know, a couple of specific saves that he made in this game. I'm going to limit it to just, uh, you know, a couple highlights from each period or We'll spend the entire episode talking about uh, Yaroslav Halak. But, you know, the first period, uh, an early right pad save. You know, this is just a minute or two into the game. Uh, kicked out his right pad. And, you know, he, he made better saves than this one during the course of the night. But this is a nice stop here. And it, uh, I think it just kind of set the tone for what was to come for Yaroslav Halak. It just kind of showed that uh, he was going to be sharp in this one. Uh, not too long after this, uh, he had two left pad saves in a row uh, against Kessel. So that was nice. And then uh, right after the two stops against Kessel, uh, you had an easy two-on-one out of nowhere for the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, Harper kind of misplayed the puck at uh, the Vegas blue line. And so the Knights went in two-on-one. And uh, once again, uh, a really nice save by Yaroslav Halak, another pad save there. And, you know, I kind of wrote into my notes at that point, Rangers really need to tighten things up here because, like I said, they were giving up just a ton of odd man rushes early in this game. Just weren't sharp. And I thought... They were really fortunate after one period to have a lead of any kind, much less a 2-0 lead. And I, I thought something else, uh, to take a quick detour here, what was really ironic about this game, I didn't think the Rangers played all that great in the first period, and yet they won that period 2 to nothing. I thought they were better in the second period, and yet they lost that period one to nothing. And it set the stage for you know the Rangers having to protect a one-goal lead in the third period and figure out a way to get it done, and, and they did exactly that, pulled away late with a couple of uh, you know late goals in the third period. Um, but yeah, I mean, just kind of one of those strange things that you'll see every now and then in hockey, uh, you know, outplaying a team or getting outplayed by a team in one period, winning the period, and then the exact opposite happening in the very next period. But uh, back to Locke here, second period. I thought his best save of uh, the second was he made – Probably his best save of the night. Just an awesome save, sliding from his right to his left to deny Vegas on a tip-in try. It was actually Brett Howden who made the pass on this play. Uh, set up, uh, who was it? Uh, Kolasar. Kolasar. Had to look that up. Um, and he was, of course, the the player that got into the fight with Will Cooley as well. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but that was awesome. you know. And at the time, uh, the Rangers were... I believe Vegas had made it 2-1 to one at that point, but either way, a huge save there. And then the third period, this one really stood out because at this point, it's definitely 2-1 to one in favor of the Rangers. But you've got Eichel circling around behind the net, holding the puck for a long time, pass in front to Connor, and uh, Halak with a great save, kind of just fighting it off 
early in the third period, keeping the Rangers on top. But yeah, once again, cannot say enough about the job uh, that Yaroslav Halak did in this game. Uh, and again, I know I keep saying this, but I'm going to reiterate it here. Backup goalie, you want them to give you a chance. Yaroslav Halak is doing all that and more. Uh, last three games that he's played in, he's allowed exactly one goal in all three of those games. And you know, something that if there are any more Yaroslav Halak detractors out there, there's people that are still a little bit skeptical about him. I think one of the arguments that could be made, you know, kind of against Yaroslav Halak, I guess you could say, is that, you know, the Rangers tend to only throw him out there against, you know, some of the lower tier teams in the league, the teams that are struggling, the teams that are not exactly offensive juggernauts, and the teams that just frankly are not very good. Uh, his last two starts, for example, were against the Blue Jackets and the Canadians, but you can't say that in this one. You know, Vegas, yeah, they, they've slowed down a little bit recently, um, but they entered this game tied for first place in their division with the Seattle Kraken. So uh, he came up big against a quality opponent, and uh, once again, one of the main reasons why the Rangers won this game. But we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. Got a whole bunch else to talk about. want to talk about a big night uh, for the Kreider, Trocheck, and Goudreau line. A uh, whole bunch of other stuff as well. And we will do all that in just a second. But first, just got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our Athletic Greens, I started taking it every day because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. Now I've been on it for about eight or nine months and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It is lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It costs you less than $3 a day. You are investing in your health, and it is cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And I will get back to the hockey stuff in just a second. One thing I just wanted to mention, though, you know, uh, Madison Square Garden and the Rangers, they do such a nice job uh, throughout every season, you know, with, with different theme nights. And obviously, uh, this game in Madison Square Garden was Pride Night. And I think it's one of those things that goes back to you know, the slogan that we hear uh, fairly often from the NHL, the whole hockey is for everyone thing. And uh, I think the hope is that you know, that eventually just becomes a common sense thing. It's not something that needs to be repeated and repeated and repeated. You know, it's a great message. Don't get me wrong. It's an awesome message. Um, but at some point, you just hope that that becomes common sense and everybody feels comfortable, you know, going to hockey games, watching hockey games, playing hockey, uh, refereeing hockey, whatever it might be, coaching hockey. Um, to me, I think you really win once all that stuff becomes common sense. But obviously, the Rangers uh, did a really nice job with, with Pride Night. 
as they typically do for, you know, all these different, you know, themes that they have. You know, there's Military Appreciation Night and Garden of Dreams Night. Uh, they, they just do a really nice job with that. And I, I thought tonight was no exception uh, to that rule. Um, but I, I did want to, you know, turn the attention back to hockey here, talk a little bit about the line combinations, um, and also a big, big night for the uh, newly formed line. I mean, stop me if you've heard that before, a newly formed uh, combination of Ranger forwards, but uh, the newly formed line of Kreider, Trocek, and Goudreau. So to begin with, top line, Panarin, Zibanejad, VZ, left to right. Uh, that's also how they ended this most recent game against Toronto. Uh, second line, Kreider, Trocek and Goodrow from left to right. You know, Kreider had a rough game in the last one for the Rangers. Um, you know, just struggled, a couple of turnovers, and it was speculated that maybe he didn't feel comfortable on the right side. I mean, he's much more used to being a left winger, and he looked like a whole new player in this game. He had a strong night, uh, as did Trocek and Goudreau, and obviously, you know, all those guys had a pretty big hand in the first two goals that the Rangers scored. More on that in just a quick second here. But, of course, that meant the third line was the kid line, Lafreniere, Hedl, Kako from left to right. And Heedle with another, you know, highlight real goal here. We will talk about that as well. And then the fourth line, Will Cooley playing in his second career NHL game. You got Lecision and you've got Gautier, which means Kraftsoff is still the healthy scratch. But here's a talk about uh, the second line here and their contributions uh, to this win. They make it one nothing. Kind of came out of nowhere fairly late in the first period. And like I said, to this point, I thought the Rangers had been outplayed by a solid margin, not not like a crazy margin where the rink is tilted and all that stuff. But Vegas, I, I thought, clearly had the better of play for the first, you know, whatever it was, 15 minutes or so. Uh, and then the Rangers pretty much just strike out of nowhere here. Uh, you got Trocek making just a nasty move around a defenseman. And Trocek, you know, he's gotten some mixed reviews from Ranger fans uh, thus far in his Ranger tenure here. Uh, one thing I've noticed, though, man, this guy's got some moves. You know, he, he can fake defenders out of his skates on certain occasions, and he was able to do that here. Uh, he's approaching the net from the right circle, uh, pulled it to his backhand, went around the defenseman, took the shot, and it just deflected off of Kreider, went into the net. Uh, Kreider, sixth ranger all time to have eight or more 20-goal seasons. And they mentioned that Rod Gilbert um, has the record with 12. 12 seasons uh, of 20 goals or more, Kreider's got a shot at that. You know, he's, he's still under contract for a handful of more seasons. I believe he's still only 31 years old. It's possible he could rip off another, you know, four straight seasons after this one um, and at least tie Joe Bear's record. And that would be pretty cool to see. You know, you know Kreider's going to be there as far as all-time Rangers. And I know, um, you know, th there might be some people that say, well, you know, he's an accumulator. It's just the fact that he's been there for so long. Hey, you know what? That's cool. If Kreider's a Ranger for life and uh, he continues to score goals at such an awesome clip and, uh, you know, ha has a productive season after productive season, that's obviously a good thing. And it's funny because Kreider, you know, we talk about how, especially before the last season, because last season he was very consistent with the 52 goals. Before last season, he was a consistently inconsistent player, so hot and cold throughout the season. But when you look at his final numbers for pretty much every season, it doesn't fluctuate that much. They're all kind of in the same ballpark for the most part. Again, last season was the exception. Um, but as much as he can go hot and cold, his numbers always seem to be right around the same place. And I mean, hey, if he sets that record or ties that record, uh, all-time Ranger record, that's obviously going to be a cool thing. And uh, it'll be a moment certainly worth celebrating for Ranger fans. Uh, and then, you know, this line wasn't done here. You had... Uh, they were on the ice for the goal that made it 2 to nothing. Vincent Trocek scores, and he does so with only 42 seconds remaining in the first period. You've got a situation where uh, Hill, the Vegas goalie, 
tried to clear the puck, could not do it. The Rangers kept it in, kept applying pressure, uh, just kind of a blue-collar shift here. And then eventually you get Goudreau passing from behind the net in front to Trocek, and Trocek buries it, his first goal in 11 games. Uh, he had only two assists in his last 10 games, and so two points in one period here. Obviously, nice to see Trocek you know, hopefully starting to find his game a little bit here. And uh, if this trio clicks, then leave them together. You know, we'll, we'll see if they do that. But uh, so far, so good for this newly formed line of uh, Kreider, Trocek, and Goodrow. Uh, Ryan Lindgren also got an assist on that play. Um, and then, you know, j just in general, generally speaking here, I just thought that line was active all night. Thought they spent, um, you know, the majority of their shifts in the attacking zone. So once again, that was good to see. Uh, very, very good stuff from uh, that trio there. Uh, something else that I want to talk about is a play that, uh, you know, made me as angry at the referees as I've been all season. You guys know any long-term listeners of this show, I tend not to go after the referees too much. You know, I might point out that, oh, I thought that was a trip or, oh, I didn't think that was a hold. I don't go off that much. Uh, the one exception, of course, being game one against Pittsburgh last year where I, I just lost my mind. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about uh, a missed call that the refs had which basically prevented the or it prevented Halak from probably getting a shutout, and it also kind of opened the door for Vegas to get back into the game. We're gonna do that in just a second. Uh, also gonna talk about Will Cooley and and how he's been doing. I already mentioned that, and uh, just the Rangers' ability to close with some authority, and we will do all that good stuff in just a second. But first, gotta let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel right now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to the point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NHL. FanDuel is 21 and over in select cities. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable. Sportsbook bonus bets which expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342-1888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. 1-800-9-WITH-IT and also visit 1800gambler.net. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And to uh, get back to the hockey here and uh, 
talk about something that kind of really bothered me in this game. I mean, as it turned out, it didn't turn out to be, you know, a massive play. It didn't cost the Rangers a game or anything like that. But there was a play in the second period. It's as mad as I've been uh, about a call, or in this case, a no call, by any referee in any Ranger game this season. So the Rangers are up 2 to nothing, And, you know, obviously, they weren't playing great despite the 2 nothing lead. But you've got a situation here where Lafreniere gets tripped in the defensive zone. Vegas comes away with the puck. And then Kessel ends up scoring just inside the near post right after this happened. Banked it off of a lock, just kind of stuck it between him and uh, the post, and he scored, and that cuts the Ranger lead to 2-1. to one. And as I mentioned, yes, the Rangers, despite being up 2 nothing, they weren't playing that great so far in this game, but it's still a 2 nothing lead, and there's going to be hockey games like that. There's going to be games where you're getting outplayed, but you're winning. There's going to be games where you're outplaying them, but you're losing. Facts are facts. Rangers were up 2 nothing here, and the refs, by not calling what was a blatantly obvious penalty here, allowed the Vegas Golden Knights back into the game. And Look, I, I realize, hey, you're still up two to one. You got to be able to handle some adversity. You got to be able to deal with it. You got to strike back. And eventually, you know, the Rangers did that. I, I thought they continued to play well after this. And of course, added a couple goals late in this game. But man, that just drove me nuts because you're up two nothing. You should have a chance on the power play. And granted, the Ranger power play has been nothing to write home about lately, to say the very least. But you're going to have a chance. You have a chance on the man advantage, a chance to make it 3 nothing. Not only do you not get that power play opportunity, but that trip that was not called led directly to a goal for Vegas. So instead of maybe, and there's no guarantees, especially with the Ranger power play, like I said, but instead of maybe going up 3 nothing, the ref doesn't call it, and he gifts, gift wraps them a goal, and it's now 2-1, to one, and there's obviously a long way to go in this game. So like I said, about as mad as I've been uh, about any call or no call that any ref has made in any Ranger game all season. But like I said, I'm feeling certainly a little bit better about it now that the Rangers uh, ended up winning this game 4-1 to and uh, basically it became a moot point. Would have been nice to see Halak get the shutout, but obviously the Rangers responded and uh, found a way to get the job done. Also want to talk about uh, Will Cooley getting into a fight. Uh, the fourth line, interestingly, started all four periods for the Rangers. So that was kind of interesting. And I thought the fourth line had a pretty solid showing for themselves and obviously limited ice time. But you get the second period, uh, the puck drops, and Cooley and Kolasar uh, drop the gloves. A couple punches landed. You know, that, that was a good tussle right there. The linesman let them go for a little while. I'd give Will Cooley the slight edge here. Thought maybe he landed, you know, one or two more punches. Um, but, you know, obviously stuck his nose in there. They, they were... Uh, you know, having kind of an argument or just chirping each other before the puck dropped. And I don't know if this was supposed to be a welcome to the NHL kind of moment for Cooley. Although, you know, watching the replay, I think Cooley was doing most of the talking. Um, but they fought. And, uh, you know, hey, that that's a way. You don't want anybody to get hurt or anything like that. But that is a way if you're Will Cooley or any young player on the Rangers or really any team in the NHL to endear yourself to your teammates and uh, also endear yourself to the home fans. And uh, Cooley, like I said, I thought he won the fight. While we're talking about Cooley, we might as well just talk about his night. Uh, obviously, once again, you know, one of the bigger prospects in the Ranger pipeline, getting a chance to uh, play his first couple games in the NHL here. But he ends up with six minutes and 31 seconds of ice time. Uh, that was the second fewest among players on the New York Rangers, only to Julian Gauthier, who had 558. Uh, that's not surprising, though. You know, Cooley, I mentioned this not too long ago. I'm completely fine with him starting on the fourth line, getting his feet wet in the NHL, uh, having some limited ice time. Will Cooley can play a fourth liner style, despite also being a skilled player. Uh, so I think what you do here is you start him in this exact role. He can play the fourth line style, just play physical. Uh, if he adds offense, great. But if not, it's no sweat. And then after some time goes by, you know, maybe he organically works his way up the lineup. The one tricky thing there, though, is that Cooley is a left winger. 
and pretty much exclusively plays left winger, at least as far as I've seen. And then you've also got Kreider, who's a left winger, and moved to the right wing, you know, in the last game, and that didn't go so well. You've got Panarin, who's a left winger. He can play the right wing too, but do you really want to move Panarin out of his natural spot? And then you've got Lafreniere. I mean, he can play right wing, but Lafreniere's been scuffling. I, I don't think you want to move him either. Um, he needs all the help he can get right now in some ways, even though I think he's played a little bit better recently. But bottom line, yeah, Rangers have a surplus of left wingers, and that doesn't even include uh, Brian Othman, who will eventually be on his way as well. So um, it's kind of an interesting situation, but for the time being at least, and maybe Will Cooley can play right wing. Maybe that's something they would consider. Uh, but for the time being, I'm completely fine with him being in that fourth-line role. Let him get acclimated to the NHL. Let him very naturally work his way up the lineup uh, in due time. But again, solid night for Will Cooley, looking like he belongs. Uh, also wanted to just talk about, you know, the Rangers closing with some authority in the third period. First couple minutes of the third, I, I thought were a little bit shaky for the Rangers, but Yaroslav Halak made some saves. Rangers hung in there, kind of bent but didn't break. And then they, you know, in fairly short order, found their game. I, I thought by like four or five minutes into the third period, they, they got it going again. Uh, they were defensively responsible. Not too many golden chances. No pun intended. I, I swear I didn't do that on purpose. Not too many golden chances for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, down the stretch in this game. Again, I thought the Rangers defended well, and when they needed a save, uh, Halak was up to the task. But then we got just a highlight real goal by Philip Heedle, who continues uh, what has to be considered a breakout season at this point. And Heedle, you know, it's getting late in the game. How much time was left? There was 5.40 to go in the game when he scored. Um, but he's got the puck in the Rangers zone at the blue line, kind of on the right side. Goes in the neutral zone, uh, kind of veers toward the center of the ice, drives up the center of the ice. He pretty much took on the entire Vegas team by himself. I am not exaggerating. He went around or by or powered past four different skaters on the Vegas Golden Knights, got to the net, and got a little bit of a lucky bounce here because, you know, by that point they had finally, you know, knocked the puck away from him. But he very quickly got it back, uh, sent a backhand toward the net, bounced off the skate of a Vegas uh, defenseman, and goes into the net, gives the Rangers a 3-1 to lead. And like I said, a little bit of a fortuitous bounce there uh, to be sure for Filipino, but uh, I think the hockey gods were kind of smiling on him. He's obviously played well recently, and this was just a tremendous individual effort by Filipino. And it's funny because in the game against Toronto, obviously he scored two goals there. He had the quintessential unassisted goal, the most unassisted goal that you will ever see. You know, the puck dropped, offensive zone faceoff, and he just shot it into the net. So that was awesome. Uh, this one technically was not unassisted. Technically, it was Harper to Schneider to Heedle for the goal. But um, this one, I mean, once again, it was pretty much just all Philip Heedle, just driving up the center of the ice, taking on the entire Vegas team, and uh, finding a way to put the puck in the net. Rangers with a 3-1 to one lead. And, uh, you know, it's not over at that point, obviously. But, you know, with the way the Rangers were playing, I think when Heedle scores this goal here, you're feeling pretty good. And then to just kind of cap off uh, the game here, cap off the scoring, Vegas pulls the goalie with 143 to go. I'm telling you, as soon as Vegas pulled the goalie, you could sense the Ranger fans, the Madison Square Garden crowd, starting to get excited because they know Igor Shosturkin, uh, in the last win at the Garden, and just in in general, has come close a couple of times to scoring a goal with the net empty. And I swear, that's why the Garden start, started sharing at that point. They could tell the hill was about to leave his crease, go to the bench, um, everybody was anticipating Igor possibly scoring a goal. Never really got to that, though, and, and that's fine. You know, Igor's eventually going to get one. He, he, I do think that will happen. Um, but Schneider goes down, blocks a shot. So this ends up being his second assist of the night, by the way. But he blocks a shot. VZ gets control of the puck. Pretty much just 
turns around, fires it down the ice, took the shot at the empty net. Uh, when you're up by two, I have no issue with that whatsoever. You know, if you're up by one here and you're VZ, maybe it makes more sense to try to skate it out, play it off the boards, um, lift it into the neutral zone, do whatever you got to do to make a little bit of a safer play and not risk taking an icing. But when you're up by two, shoot it at the empty net, man. Why not? Go for the empty netter. Uh, he, he hit it. It was a bullseye, pretty much dead center. Uh, made it four to one. And, uh, you know, VZ, obviously a hardworking player. He came close to scoring a goal on a couple of other occasions in this game. There was one instance where, you know, Fox, excuse me, Fox passed in deep to Artemi Panarin. Panarin with a really quick pass across the crease to VZ. VZ couldn't quite finish. But VZ got close a couple of times. So nice to see him get one here. And uh, obviously, you know, there, there's trust with VZ on the ice. I mean, granted, it was a two-goal lead here. But still, you know, you're going to go to Jimmy VZ when you're trying to protect a late lead. He's one of those guys for sure. Um, I figure we can pretty much call it there. Man, it just feels awesome to get this win, though, because you know, I mean, we're aware of it. The players are aware of it. The coaches are aware of it. Pretty much anybody that follows this Ranger team is aware of the fact that this team is off for nine days after that. You don't want to go in with your second straight loss. I mean, if it happens, it happens. It's not a death sentence. Obviously, the Rangers still have everything in front of them in terms of how this season is going to play out. But, you know, let's go into the break with a win over a good team, uh, get two points, an all-important two points in the standings, feel good about it. Um, and obviously, look, the Rangers will be back and there's still work to be done. But when you know you've got nine days off in a row, uh, I think you certainly want to get that win, get those two points, and the Rangers were able to do that. Also of note, the Rangers got a win in the Lady Liberty jerseys. I know, I know, it's crazy, right? But it actually happened. They, they played overall a, a solid game wearing the Lady Liberty, so that was nice to see. Look, deep down, I know that those jerseys don't really uh, affect how the Rangers play. At least I don't think that they do, but... I mean, for me, it's just kind of a mental thing because when they were wearing those jerseys back in the day, that was not a good era of Ranger hockey at all, save for the 97 run to the Eastern Conference Finals. But after that, it was ugly. And now they brought them back. And, you know, I don't know their exact record with the Lady Liberties this year. I don't have it in front of me, but I know that it's not good. So nice to see that they finally got a win there. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, obviously the Rangers are going to be off for a little while. Do stick around with Locked On New York Rangers, though. You know, we're going to have some fun. Uh, we're going to do some more trade deadline-centric episodes. Want to check in with the Wolfpack, see how they're doing, bring everybody up to speed there. Going to look at some Ranger prospects playing in various other leagues. Um, going to try to line up some guests for you guys as well. I'm sure we'll get a couple of guests, uh, maybe a mailbag or two. Uh, some of the comments that you guys leave on YouTube can be pretty funny. So we're going to have some fun, no doubt about it. Uh, and also just want to mention Chris Kreider. Uh, this was his 700th career game. So nice to see him uh, end up with a goal in this one. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.